I'm just going to let you know ahead of time that this episode is going to be heavy. The New York Times reported this fight to create hearts and minds rooted in non-discrimination continues. And until it is won, people of color will continue to be subject disproportionately to punishment and adverse consequences with stigmas messages about their character. I really want to hone in on that, but I want you to also understand that it's more than just people of color. It's black people and it's more than just black people. It's really our black men. Our black women are also being marginalized in the media, but this episode is gonna focus on our men. God gave me a pocket full of change, even when I didn't know how to maintain. But he showed how far my range is. So thank you, God, for blessing me with this voice to spread knowledge about faith, leadership, and choices. Hmm, like putting you first. And when life has its battles, he always proves his worth. I plan to use his voice, hope they remember my name. Through this podcast called Pocket Full of Change. Pocket Full of Change. Pocket Full of Change. Pocket Full, Pocket Full, Pocket Full of Change. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Pocket of Change, the podcast, hosted every Sunday for listeners just like you. My name is Leisha McKeithen, a motivational speaker based out of Atlanta, Georgia, hoping to provide resources of positivity and uplift that you just can't get anywhere else. Since I'm definitely rooted in my faith, you'll get that too. But trust, my words should inspire non-believers too. Well, let me stop talking so y'all can get to listening to this episode. I thought it was so important to discuss how black men are treated in America um, because of the climate that is happening right now. But then also because I am a black woman witnessing what's happening in the world right now. And I don't want to be the person who doesn't speak about it. So I really thought it was important to bring Rodney onto this episode because I think that he is a great male figure. He also has been able to have um, an audience on his podcast discussing like uh, discussing different topics. But then also he has been able to be a great representation for the opposite of what media um, might portray. And so as we dive into this conversation, I just want really want y'all to listen in and to um Give any perspective that you all have regarding this topic as well. Um, how y'all doing? I'm Rodney Perry from Jackson, Tennessee, currently living in Chicago, Illinois. I am a, uh, my passion is podcasting, literally just speaking as I am now and having those uh, conversations that uh, I believe not only make you think, but uh, inform you, present new perspectives and, um, and even entertain you and make you laugh uh, for a moment. Um, I truly uh, feel very connected to this topic, and I thank you, Leisha, for bringing me on because it's something that I not only am living each day, uh, but something that I certainly want to continuously uh, be the change um, in shifting a lot of those negative connotations that 
appears when it comes to so many different stigmas. Yeah, um, which kind of goes into a great transition of the episode. And if you could tell me three words to describe how the media portrays the black man. And three words, how the media portrays black men, um, uh, violent, um, prone to criminality, and lazy. Mm. I think the violent one kind of struck a chord before you even moved on. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I I would like you to kind of dive into that, like, why um, do you think the media has created this image of our people to look like that? I believe that it, it I think it suits um it suits the narrative of why the oppressive nature of America and of the society we live in why why the society we live in it's almost kind of um the justification of it all. Like if mm-hmm. we, if they perpetuate a particular ideal about certain people, then no one will ever question why those people are, have, are in a particular uh, status, either by income, education, uh, resources and values. Uh, it's really easy to believe that quote unquote, uh, black men are uh, all these bad things. If you only show that, if you only show mm-hmm. violence, if you only show, uh, criminals on the nightly news and the biggest and worst criminals are, you know, seen as this because they always are punished the hardest. They are always uh, posted and kind of vilified on the nightly news. There's no real, even though we see, and we see, we don't see that with everyone else. It's people who have killed and, or have done so many terrible things that may just have a white face and they get less time. They get uh, absolutely. Kind of respect, they get a quote unquote respectable uh, uh, kind of review on on <laughs> in the media on news, and I think that that or they don't get many, they don't get one at all. They they oh they, go, yeah, or they they might not get one at all. Like you have they go quiet. People, plenty plenty people who are pretty hush about things like Jeffrey Epstein and things like that. You know, it's like yeah, we knew about it, then it quickly became like this very Illuminati esque story. Like it was too big to even talk about. While the, while there could be a local man who did something extremely violent within his local community, and he, his his face is everywhere, you know? His face is well-known, and the story is being pushed all throughout the local news. And it's not to say that that information shouldn't be out there for something that is just that bad. It's just that's not all we are. And I think that's the part that uh, messes things up. I and mean, when it comes to just laziness, it's just this assumption that uh, – we don't believe in this quote unquote boot pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps type of mentality uh, that we're not trying hard enough, that we're not doing the things that need to be done to uplift ourselves out of our situations. Um, That's what I feel like they usually are kind of tipping on. It's either black men aren't doing enough and we are just, you know, we kind of just the the, the worst of the worst. We are, you know, prone to criminality, so we're going to definitely eventually steal, definitely eventually kill, uh, just because that's just how we are. There's no reason for us to be that way. We're just that way. And then um, violent, violent in uh, in general from a standpoint of just being scary and can hurt people is kind of Absolutely. like the, uh, the impression. And I've even seen 
some some people in our own backyard, when I say in our own backyard, people who look like us having this negative connotation about us because of what the the media has portrayed black men as. So I have this image, this black man in my home, who is not any of these words. However, the men that I see outside my door have created this image. So then I don't know anything else. Or I created this um, this generalization that if I had a one bad experience with one black male, that means all black men are the exact same way as that black male. Yes, yes. and I, But I think that that's also uh... – uh, a quality that is within the black community. I think we're very communal when it comes to our experiences. That's why when things happen to uh, one of us, either good or bad, we all kind of either celebrate or mourn that particular negative feeling. And I think that that's not a, a all the way. Po- uh, I don't think that's. I think that's a very neutral thing aspect, and it should be kind of taken in within each moment. But I do believe we do have to point out when we are uh, overgeneralizing or connecting to something that is more of a specific. Uh, occurrence. And um, I think one thing that black men definitely play with and have to kind of come to grips with is that we have caused violence uh, within our communities, uh, especially to black women, especially to people who, uh, who, who, who don't identify as heterosexual and whatever, and whatever, and appear in a particular way. Uh, there is a mm-hmm. sense of violence that has been caused. So I do believe that uh, the media has done one thing, to perpetuate us only in one way, but in terms of the realities of the of the pain that we actually cause, uh, we do have to deal with that, um, mm. and it's in that in those exact moments, not those not the uh, glorification that we all are going to be this way and we're all trash. I think that's the only way we can kind of fight that type of uh, type of narrative, narrative. if we are yeah. corrected, if we are corrected to the things that we do actually do wrong and not just. Uh, forever kind of latch on to the uh to the notion that yes people have this uh definition of us there are a million negative connotations about being a black man but that doesn't um that shouldn't be an excuse to not want to be the best you regardless as an individual absolutely which is also a question of mine so we talked Mm -hmm. about three words to describe what the media says or portrays black men as I would like you to describe three words you would use to describe who you are as a black man. Ooh. Um, I think I'm adaptable. I think I'm intuitive. Um, and I believe that I am uh, um, persevering more than anything. Yeah. That's that's I think that's a good way. I think that's a good three things I feel like I show and possess on the day to day. So how do you break the stigma? Because none of the words that you shared were the words that you described as what the media says you are. So how do you break that that stigma between, okay, this is what they're saying I am and this is who I truly am? Well, I think one thing that I did that in particular that anyone and everyone could do, no matter where you're from. Um, and I think I say that boldly because I think a lot of uh, young men don't believe that that's an option, but that is uh, removing yourself from your particular uh, environment, from your particular situation. Um, I think it's usually the the resources or the knowledge is what makes that a hesitation. But I think for me, 
coming from a small town in Tennessee, I knew that being there and having the influences that I had, and not even to say that I was surrounding myself around the wrong things. I think it's just a matter of uh, the possibility, you know, the possibility to kind of for things to go left is a lot, uh, a lot more heightened when you just, you know, are closer to a little bit of everything, you know, and you're not broadening your horizons. Uh, so for me, I think it was getting away. It was getting away. And I promote, I promote the uh, removing yourself from your uh, quote unquote birthplace or where you grew up or where you were raised for at least a, a small amount of time. It can be for college. And if you don't believe in college, it could just be to, uh, a reason to relocate. And it might not even have to be far from where you are. Because I believe uh, individuals who may uh, be from small towns that are not too far away or adjacent to a major city, maybe you should relocate, put yourself in a new space, put yourself in a new place, and um, and be receptive to um, to new things. And I think uh, that not only opens your mind up, but it uh, mm-hmm. allows you to explore uh, everything around you, too. And I think, for me, that was one of the most beneficial things I could have ever done. That was uh, broadening my horizons and getting away. Okay. Um, I think that first is great. And it kind of is the same. It, it kind of gives the answer to a question I was going to ask, which was kind of okay. like, what advice would you give to younger millennials? So those, those millennials who at the touch of their phone have no other influence, but to look at what the black male looks like on social media. So if that is Gucci Mane, if that is T Pain, mm-hmm. if that is J. Yeah. Cole, if that's John yeah. Legend, whoever it is, how, what would you say as a piece of advice for them to present themselves in a way that they would want to be accepted? Um, I would say uh not only what I just said, but the probably the even more important part is to um develop a real true sense of self worth. I believe that um, being a black man, um, we, us, including, we're not alone in this uh, kind of occurrence, but we are certainly one of the the most uh, kind of defined individuals because of those stereotypes. Everyone else tries to define who we are, and um, and our our value is set within the, uh, the definitions and semantics of whatever people could see us as being whatever, either that being whatever that is, positive, negative, or indifferent. And I think we we have this void within us. Um, And I think that's why so many um, black men cling to things larger than themselves. They cling to, uh, I think that's why it's easy to, it's easy to understand why somebody would join a gang. It's easy to understand why somebody would join a frat. It's easy to understand why somebody would go, go and get into certain practices or go and get into certain sports because there's this, sense of wanting to feel uh worthy that we're trying to feel and it feels really worthy when you're a part of a group that's that's progressively doing something anything even and that and that anything could be uh that anything can be um be doing community service or <laughs> making money on the block mm-hmm. i don't think it's more about i don't think it's about uh the uh positive or negatives of it it's about what's really filling you what's giving you that self worth was giving you that value. Hence why so many young men cling to the folks who make a lot of money, cling to the rappers, cling to the uh, entertainers of the world because those people seem like they're worthy. They seem like they're worth a lot. They seem like they believe in themselves and they brought them and they can do whatever the hell they want. 
And um, and that's why just that energy of like being able just to talk, you know, just to talk yourself up and just to be confident, to be flamboyant in that way. It's something that so many young men admire, even the ones who may not even be that aggressive and assertive within their communication. Even the passive ones still admire that in their own ways. And I think we have to develop uh, self-worth because I think that's what's going to create more spaces to be be able to heal, for us to self-express, for us to be confident within our self-expressions, for us to tap into our emotions, to to feel yourself up and to feel like you are worthy to be existing and in in whatever space you place yourself in will create a better space of communication which will create a better space for emotional health too um so i feel like that's what i would say to all young men is it may not it may not make sense right now but keep that in mind like truly allow yourself to be be self-defined don't allow anyone else to define you because you establish what your worth is and you define who you are going to be at the end of the day regardless of not even just not even just uh, the world, but even in your own household, your brothers and sisters and your parents don't even define exactly who you'll decide to be in this world. And your and the definition of you and the worthiness of you is still placed upon your own shoulders, and only you can have uh, an impact on that. And if we see it that way, then I believe that a lot more young men will not only grow up uh, within a better mindset and with a sense of, uh, of purpose, uh, with a sense of just genuinely just wanting to make things better and want things to be better around them. But they'll, I feel like they'll develop naturally the things that we really need young black men and young black boys to start to develop that have been pretty much uh, <laughs> too far in between, you know, too too few of us mm-hmm. uh, have um, established those things or established them late. I think it's not because it's, I think we've made it a trend that, you know, you got to get, you got to just go through life and then get old. And then you start getting smart and start making better decisions as a male. But in reality, we can start early as, as early as we start teaching those lessons. We could just, you know, Absolutely. change the word, change the verbiage, make it palatable for children to teach them about caring for others, to teach them to respect women, to teach them to respect people who show up in ways that they may not understand. And I think that's the way you break certain cycles. But I think a lot of that starts with self work because a lot of a lot of hate and a lot of negative energy that men give to people who are not who don't identify as black men a lot of that is really rooted in um, a sense of not feeling like they're worthy enough and i don't think a lot of people see it that way because nine times out of ten a lot of these individuals are in a place of uh, some type of power or privilege but in reality Mm -hmm. the expression that they're doing is a sense of lack of Mm self-worth Perry Floyd, Michael Brent, Daniel T. Prude, Brianna Taylor, Manuel Elijah Ellis, William Howard Green, John Elliott, Elijah McLean, Ronald Green, Xavier Ambler, Sterling Higgins, Gregory Lloyd Edwards, Charles Roundtree Jr., Anton LaRue Black, Antoine Rose Jr., 
Stefan Clark. The it's of the week this week are song, heartbreak anniversary. I'm not sure if his name is Giveon or Gavion or Give On. I'm not sure, but the song is beautiful. He also just has like a really somber voice, which is why I like it. The scripture of the week this week is coming from Romans 8:35, and it says, "Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or in danger or threatened with death?" I'm going to answer the question for you. No. It does not mean that he no longer loves us if we experience those things. He actually loves us through all of those things. And sometimes we have to experience those things to know that he even is there. The blessing of the week for this week for me is I have a new job. Yay! God is so good. He's so good. He's so good. I'll be sharing in great detail with y'all what will be happening in everything like that but I'm just happy to be starting a new job and to be leaving my previous job it brought so much stress and I'm so happy to be removing myself from that stressful environment I pray that y'all receive the same grace that if you're trying to leave a space that God moves you in the right time and that you understand your purpose and why you were moved when you were moved and not any sooner